two experts, one show, and everything Riverland football. Seriously, who writes these scripts? <laughs> what is this, amateur hour? Well, at least they love the game. And maybe a... Responsibly, of course. The Kick-Ons Podcast with Lions in Dillow. For MB Roller Doors, installation, servicing and repairs. The intrigue and the drama around season 2022 shifts another gear when the race for the finals double chance goes down to the wire in the RFL this weekend. Thank you for downloading our show from wherever you are and welcome to the Kick-Ons Podcast brought to you by MB Roller Doors for installation, sales and service. Now, we can firmly say this is the probably the only football show in South Australia where you won't hear about a camp, and you won't hear about the prison bars, but you might hear about the Paringa Swans because I'm joined by their premiership coach, Nick Dillon. Welcome back this week, mate. That was a, a long, long time ago, Linesy, and many uh, many moons have passed since those days. Well, I'm wearing the Paringa hoodie tonight. It was quite chilly in my place, but um, long time in between drinks, although I did get to uh, head out to... Uh, the Ponderosa, as you call it, the Paringa Oval nice, on, nice. Uh, on Saturday. They had their uh, reunion for the 2002 Premiership and the 97 Premiership and had quite a great, good turnout out there for that day. And fortunately, the Swans couldn't get the chocolates for the boys, but it was um, yeah, it was a nice day out there anyway. Yeah, it looked like on the club's social media, they uh, plenty of activity there. So it looks like a good time was had by all. And I guess the uh, question is, mate, well, when's your turn up? Next season, maybe? Ah, uh, so yeah, that'll be next year. Yeah, yep. Yeah. So, like I said, a long time ago. So, ten years next year since the 2013 flag. We've actually lined them up pretty well. I've got uh, 03, uh, 05. Oh, sorry, yeah, 2013, 2005, and 2009. So, I get about three per year at a, uh, at a bringer there. So, it's, uh, they spaced out quite nicely. Nice, nice. That's it. so. Your social calendar is uh, is well booked, then, mate. That's good to hear. And very much looking forward to all of them. Yes, yes, indeed you would. Well, mate, uh, as always, we've got another big show uh, on the Kick-Ons podcast as we roll into finals just one week away. So on this week, uh, we're going to be joined by Barry's big man, Matt Hodge, uh, is going to have a chat with us on the CPM Riverland Refrigerated. We're going to find out how the Demons are approaching their finals campaign that uh, looked with uh, Fourth spot locked away, so we'll check in with Maddie on that one. Also, uh, Jake Medhurst from the so far undefeated BSR will be joining us uh, to hear about how the steam train that is the Redbacks is charging along at the moment. Uh, then we're going to take a one-way trip down Banter Street when the RFL roundtable fires up again, and Liam Jackson and Tom Jolly are back. Uh, they've made themselves available this week, so we can't wait to get to that. Uh, plus your comments from the Marks Up Facebook page this weekend. And remember, you can keep up to date every week downloading the Kick-Ons podcast on the Spotify and Apple Podcast networks. So let's dive into it, Dillo, and uh, yeah, let's get into news of the week. Yeah, so I guess probably a couple of uh, big ones this week. The RFL have put out a female football survey, which is open for a few weeks now, and they're just trying to gauge, uh, I guess, the general feeling amongst the uh, you know the local female footballers, but also the um, the general public into where female football fits into the RFL calendar. And 
um, you know, and also trying to attract the the um, I guess information from people who aren't playing at the moment to see if that you know what we can do to get them across whether it's a different different uh, time of the year whether it's different day um, you know do you want it all on the same day as the men these are the questions that are being asked and, and ask the club people as well because female football definitely fits in the calendar but it's just a matter of finding a spot where so the RFL doing their due diligence at the moment and uh, trying to find out what's what's best for everyone mate which is bloody hard to do because unfortunately. Uh, there's always winners and losers with these sorts of things. And I put my hand up. I actually took the survey during the week and um, I found the uh, the questioning, yeah, it does address the women's side of the game, but it also asks for the club's perspective as well. So you can answer as a supporter and what's best for your club uh, if you look through that lens, but you can also answer in the um, you know, the more bigger picture uh, of where things are going. And, uh, yeah, um, I, th- I thought it was good, addressed uh, some pretty key points. Well, there's one more, little, just a little bit of news. It's probably a bit of old news, really, but has been brought up this week and uh, it was on the back page of the paper this week. But the the split of the semifinals has just made a little bit of, uh, I guess, a bit of a headline, the fact that, that – Two semi-finals will be played on separate weeks this year, not just separate days where it's in the past. It's been second semi Saturday all at one venue, first semi Sunday all at one venue. This year they're all, all split up. Now, I'm not sure, quite sure of the the actual mix of – I'm presuming, Linesy, that it would be the first semi-final would be played first, which is 3v4, so they'd be played week one. So we're presuming Berry v someone that week. And then Correct. the second so semi would be played. on August 20, yes, the first semi, yep. Uh, I believe so. Yep. Yeah, August 20. That's yep. right. Yep. And then August 27, I believe it'll be 1v2. I mean, that makes sense, doesn't it? So the top two teams get a break. They come back the following week and play. The winner gets done the break rather than if they played this week and then they they could potentially not – they'd have two weeks off. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how it works. I know it's been done down the Mallee. Now the Mallee's come the same way as the Riverland. They've they've gone back to the Saturday-Sunday this year. Um, and I think it's all just been done to sort of line up to make sure independent and RFL finals don't clash. But, yeah, it's going to be uh, interesting to see if this is the norm going forward or whether they just uh, go back to go back to normal. Yeah, so, well, I guess this is the test case uh, going forward, um, this final series. So, and then, we, yeah, we got 27th of August is the second semi-finals, and then we're uh, week to week, uh, 3rd of September, the prelim at Wakery, then the grand final at the Lakeside. So, um, yeah, so they're the key dates, but uh, look, you know, I, I think it's probably important um, just to time things out, I think, you know, with attendance and uh, especially, uh, you know, sharing between the, uh, the independent audience and the RFL audience, I know a lot of people say they're two different things, but look, there is a bit of crossover there. Um, you know, family members that might play in other clubs and all that, that you want to go see at that time of year. So it's probably important. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, for us guys covering it as well, we don't have to be in two places at once. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I'll tell you, what, I, I do do remember when I was in. Well, we've both been in that old role uh, the, back at the Pioneer, where you had to do the independent grand final and the netball. Uh, that week was just a, an absolute nightmare. So hopefully, this is a lot easier on all the uh, sports reporters out there. Because <laughs> I'll tell you, what, it was a bloody nightmare back when we were doing it, wasn't it, mate? 
No, no, none at all. It was it was a one man show that was. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, so uh, yeah, all of that to come up uh, with the uh, RFL finals at Independence kicking off. So this is kind of our almost our preview show to the to the finals in a way as we get into the last minor round game. So thank you for downloading the Kick Ons podcast because after the break we're going to get straight into it. We're going to have Matty Hodge, we're going to have Jake Medhurst, and then we got the RFL roundtable. So stick around. Hey Dillo, check it out. I got my roller doors serviced by Mick at MB Roller Doors. Wow, hey mate, she's uh, purring along like a well-drilled footy side at the moment. She sure is. Did you know MB Roller Doors is a one-stop shop for all your roller doors servicing, installation and repairs in the Riverland? But wait mate, there's just one thing. What's that? The loft is outside. Oh. Now servicing the Riverland, contact Mick on 0422 652 987 or visit the MB Roller Doors Facebook page today. The Kick-Ons Podcast with Lions in Dillow. For MB Roller Doors installation, servicing and repairs. So, Dillo, it was a big week end of football. A uh, few results influencing the shape of the final. So, let's get into it with our round review of Riverland football. And we'll get into the RFL first. But just before we do, let's kick it off with what we liked from the weekend. That's what I like about you. I'm going to let you go first, Lindsay, because I always end up going first and I feel like I always take take the um, the steam out of your train, mate. So I'm going to let you have a first crack today. Okay. Well, I what I like from the weekend is that we've got uh, both Wakery and Loxton got up. So now we've got the setup for this do or die clash for the double chance. I just – you could not have scripted the end of the season to be any better. And uh, like we said, it's a hard one to pick this year. And it's going to take us right up in deep into the finals before I think we get a clear winner. Because even though Renmark are up there, these two teams could uh, anything could happen, and it could start this weekend. In fact, it already feels like we're hitting a uh, finals a little bit early on this one. Yeah, it does. It's um, it's a clash we're obviously all really looking forward to. Winner gets a second chance. Uh, and loser has to front up the following week, and you know, it's a, everything's on the line already, which is which is just crazy. You know, round fifteen, you know, normally finals obviously ramp up when finals ramp up, but this is a final within itself. So, looking forward to seeing what both clubs come up with on the weekend. Uh, what I liked, mate, there's there's two games that really piqued my interest on the weekend, um, and one was the Brownswell BSR game. The Brownswell. I've just all I'll say is uh, nobody would have picked that game to be match of the round, or possibly even match of the year in the independence at the start of the year. Um, the credit to Brownswell for getting four or five goals up. Um, once again, no one would have picked that. And then for BSR to storm home like they did, you know, I've been big on saying that BSR don't need to lose a game, but that's a game that they would have relished and, and got a lot out of the fact that they know they were undermanned. Um, they were down and out at three quarter time. The weather cleared up though, and all of a sudden they stormed home. So great, great for uh, obviously for BSR to be able to do that, but also Brownswell as well. And then, uh, and then obviously the other the other ones, the um, the Locks and North game against Wakery to be able to be 
competitive like that. You know, it was only a month ago that we were looking at Locks of North going, geez, where are they at as a, as a footy club? You know, they're battling to, to you know, score um, in some halves. But, you know, against a really good side in Wakery, after their big effort against Loxton a couple of weeks ago, you know, they, they got pretty close down there at, um, at Wakery, which is a hard thing to do. So well done to the Panthers and the Bombers. I'll go the other side. And Shane Stevens would have liked that uh, Matty Spensley and Dusty Gordon, um, their key forwards, uh, featuring in the best players uh, this this week, and with some goals under their belt as well. Um, you know they've uh, been relying on Matty a fair bit this year to keep. Well, he, he is the leading goal kicker for the uh, for the side, and you know Dusty uh, missed a few games there, but now they're back gelling again as a bit of a two prong attack, and uh, and good one for Dusty as well because. Uh, first time he's been in the best player since round six. So um, having your forward line back to full strength going into a do-or-die game, uh, which we'll preview a little bit later, I would imagine Shane Stevens would be up and about at the moment. Yeah, and he definitely want Matty Spencer up and about. He's one of the best players in the competition when he's on. Uh, and when he's off, he's still, still a bloody good player. So um, he's just... He's five goals in front of the leading goal kicker now. So him and Harder are going to go head to head this week and in the and see who comes on out on top. So if Harder can catch him, he's five goals behind. You reckon he can uh, catch him? I, I don't know. It's oh, a big ask. It's a big ask, but you know it, it's Luke Harder. He can he can pull out stuff like that, perhaps, and you know just adds another layer. Uh, to this so game, which, yeah, <laughs> so Sorry, adds another, um, yeah, another layer to this game, which will. Uh, uh, I feel like we're finding it hard to hold back previewing this thing. We just want to get our teeth into it, but <laughs> let's restrain ourselves and let's get into our round review of round fourteen of Riverland football, and let's get over to the game out at Loxton Oval there. Loxton, too strong. 10-7-67, defeating the Ruse 3-9-27. Now, I, I actually got to hand it to the Ruse here. They put up a really good contest, I thought, um, on this one here, but it looked like just at the they wanted to get the game more on their terms, uh, turning it into a stoppage game. But once Loxton got out getting that run, and uh, especially their um, uh, their switch was uh, devastating on on Saturday. Um, yeah, that that just proved to be the difference in the side, I think, uh, as well as the, the scoreline, obviously. Yeah, and once again, it's just been one quarter that's let the ruse down, and it's been a bit of a story of their year that they'll they'll have a bad quarter, and it's cost them games against probably Berry, uh, Wakery, a couple of times as well. Um, and while the other three quarters, you know, they they probably I think they probably still lost those quarters. They were right in them, but that second quarter when Loxton kicked four goals to none, um, that's a that's a killer for you. So. Yeah, they, they'll just load up for their last game, a tough one in, in round 15. Um, but, you know, good to see. Uh, one of the real success stories for the for the Barman Monash Footy Club this year has been um, Dudley Campbell. You know, he's a one of the older guys on their side. Probably thought he was going to be playing um, playing twos this year, but he's come in to the senior side for, for Corey and, and done a fantastic job. Um, and it's great to see him get that chance up there and, and playing some great footy. And I know he's very highly rated by by uh, not only Corey, but also the football club. 
Um, yeah, Loxton, uh, again, just been able to, to control the contest uh, when the other team looked like they were up and about. Um, the usual charges out there, uh, Lockie Evans, Will Gucci, really good at setting things up as well. But um, I've I got to say, uh, Talon Eagle starting to become a very influential target there for uh, for Loxton, especially when the opposition might be targeting Luke Carter. So he's yep. he's just able to uh, you know go the other way and make things a bit harder. Uh, he kicks goals, I should say. <laughs> <laughs> he kicks goals almost every game uh, yeah. for the Tigers, and that's handy. Just bobs up with one one or two most of the time. Got the three on the weekend, which is great to see. Um, but he's having he's having an exceptional season. And also young uh, Rollins. I haven't seen much of him as well for the Tigers, but uh, took mark of the day in Q3 at half back there. So some exciting uh, players that just keep bobbing up into this Loxton side as well as because, uh, you know, they're out without Dylan Millard, um, without Jack Evans as well. He did say he was coming back from that hamstring injury, but maybe he's not right yet. But Maybe just sold us a bit of a furphy, mate. Maybe so. Might be a bit of, uh, yeah, a bit of a distraction there. But Gamesmanship there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But these guys just keep bobbing up into the side and, you know, playing roles. We've seen, you know, Mark Tealy got a run on the weekend uh, coming up from his usual B-grade duties and, and playing uh, a role in the side, and you know, the you just think, what, what else have the Tigers got up their sleeve when it comes to uh, comes to finals? Yeah, they've got some they've got some really good depth now, which is that was the issue, and we've spoken about this. That was the issue last year was when they did cop a few injuries and things started to get a little bit tougher mid season that they fell away a bit. But that seemed they seem to have remedied that. And to round out the RFL from the weekend, uh, Renmark, 14-11-95, defeating Berry three goals, 13-31 uh, down there at Renmark Oval on the, the day that they celebrated the, um, the 80, 1982 clean sweep. And uh, Renmark, yeah, doing a, a pretty good job on the field uh, honouring that. But uh, look, you just look at that scoreline and you just wonder – you know, I, I haven't seen the game, but you just wonder what was going on up forward for the D's. Yeah, you, you'd hope a few of those are rushed because if there's zero goals and eight behinds, that's that's not pretty, um, not great reading. So, yeah, they've got a little bit to work on there. But what it does show is that they can, uh, they are capable of kicking a winning score. You know, they've had 16 scoring shots against the top side and, you know, they kick eight straight. In that first quarter, seven one, even six two, that that gives them a real sniff and just puts Remark on the back foot. But you know, uh, you got you got to kick straight, especially this time of year. And yeah, um, yeah that, they'll be ruining that. But the big, big uh, roaming pig in great form for the demons, mate. He's um, he's having a great season. Yeah. So uh, that rounds out the our round review of round fourteen of the RFL. So let's get across to Indies. And we touched on this one a little bit earlier. BSR 9559 to Brownswell 8452. Um, so Brownswell, they could be a bit of a presence when it comes to finals. Just uh, you know, that being able to throw up that contest uh to BSR. Um, it's gonna be interesting. Yeah, when they're at their best, I think that they're more than capable of of knocking off one of those top three sides. And clearly they, they were at their best on the weekend. Now let's be clear on this. So BSR only had 18 players and that they yeah. were short on the day. But this is still a quality 
team that they were up against regardless. And um, when the when the ball was a bit wet and a bit slippery, Browns well were, you know, they were fantastic. And out at home, they obviously had a bit of momentum out there and, and did enough to get a, get themselves a three-goal lead at three-quarter time. But you know, when push came to shove, BSR were up and about and, and found a way to to win. And Dalton Gribble did a did a pretty good job. BSR had no tools on the weekend. Dalton Gribble goes into the ruck um, up against guys like Brian Hample, who's just a monster of a man. And uh, Dalton's done a, done a fantastic job there. He's only young fellow. I think he's only 16, 17 years old. So well done to him. Yes, so uh, the the Redbacks machine just keeps rolling on. Now, if we get across over to uh, Wanka, uh, getting the job done over Ramco, 815-63 to the Roosters, 512-42. Now, you would think that might be the last roll of the dice uh, for the Roosters there. Um you know the potential to do the leapfrog over Browns well in a last last ditch attempt um, might yeah might be a bit too hard now. I would have thought so. Um, it, it probably who are they play in the, in the last round is a best. Uh, they got Sydney and Canberra, so they have to knock off a, a quality side. Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be pretty tricky. But the, you know the thing is, they had their chances on the weekend. They they were up at three quarter time. Um, you know, they were they'd held Wanka goalless in the first half. Um, well, they only kicked two themselves, but yeah, they were in a position to win and have the destiny kind of in their own hands, but probably taken from them. Now they need to beat Sedan and they need Brownswell to lose to the Swans, who are obviously struggling. But it all makes for a pretty, uh, still a pretty exciting um, double header down there at Brownswell this weekend. That's right. Yeah, it all plays out down there at the well um, and. The final match of the Indies, uh, Sedan Cambrai 14 14 98, uh, defeating the Paringa 5 4 34. So uh, I, I'm pain to say it, but I think, yeah, that's curtains for the Swans um, now. Uh, I wanted to try to, you know, see them right through to the end, but uh, I think that it's, uh, yeah, time to regroup uh, after what what is uh, probably. A, uh, a a tough one to to take uh, has been season twenty twenty two. Yeah, it is. It's I think it's their first. Oh, I can't remember the last time they won the wooden spoon. It, you might have to go back to the mid nineties, maybe uh, sorry, early nineties. Uh, regardless, it's been a long time and it has been a tough year for them. They were pretty competitive for probably a quarter and a half against Stan Canberra. They had the reunion crowd right behind them and, and things were going nicely, but about halfway through that second quarter, the Magpies just put their foot down and uh, and just really took it away from them and it was you know, it was over from that point onward. So Magpies just tuning up nicely for finals. They know they're going to play BSR in that second semi, so they'll just be doing everything right, getting all their ducks in order so they can have uh, a full-on crack at the Redbacks. Well, that's our review of Riverland football with just one more round to go, so we can't wait to preview what's coming up for this weekend. But let's get into our individual awards, uh, Dillo, because um, you've actually uh, you know, shown a few votes this, this week. There's no hidden rounds or anything, so we can actually uh, report on uh, some of the coaches' votes that have come in. And let's start with the lefties, Greek Street Eats Riverland MVP, because it is the most tastiest of our awards, isn't it, Dillo? It is delicious. We love the uh, the uh, lefties, Greek Street Eats Riverland MVP, and just like his delicious cuisine, he's put up a delicious cash prize of $500 for the winner, and it's great to have Lefty on board. Because we love a Lefties, don't we, Dillo? Mm, nom, 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 nom. 
We sure do. <laughs> well, mate, do tell. How's it looking in the Hodge Gushy battle? Well, no, neither of them got votes on the on the weekend, wow. which is um, crazy this time of year. Normally, the uh, those top players continue to rack them up, but so so Hodge still leading on sixty five. Will Gucci on fifty seven behind him? Uh, I think so. I reckon I'll put Tim Wolford there. I reckon that's supposed to be. Yeah, sorry, just Tim Wolford. Tim Wolford on yep. 41 is in third now. He had obviously a ripping game for the Rovers against the Demons. Maddie Spensley moved up to fourth on 36 and Maddie Wolford on 33. And I think Dan Wolford's just behind him on 32. So technically, with 30 votes still to be revealed, uh, Maddie Spensley can still win it from fourth. He'd have to get three perfect tens and Hodgie no, no score. Uh, Timmy Wolford's still a chance as well. But realistically, it probably comes down to that, that top two. And it'll be interesting once we reveal it, see who got what in the hidden rounds. And um, we'll find it out probably yeah, this time next week. Yeah, can't wait. Looking forward to that one, mate. Well, let's uh, get across the Hoops Auto and Four-Wheel Drive Independent MVP Award. Make sure you zoom into the store on Renmark Avenue to see Hoops, Trev, and the team to get all your auto spare parts and ARB four-wheel drive equipment. Now, Trev and the team have put up a $500 ARB voucher for the Hoops Auto and Four-Wheel Drive MVP Award. Yeah, and it's uh, it's pretty getting pretty tight in this one, Lonzi. Cam Thompson is still out in front. On he's on fifty-seven votes now, but Maxi Baddick from Ramco is just slowly sort of starting to really mean he's on fifty-one, so six votes behind with with a round remaining. Cam Horseman from BSR has dropped off the pace a little bit, but you think with some hidden rounds in there, he'll he'll pull nicely. And then probably the other two in contention are Maddie Clark from BSR and Tyson Renshaw from Wanka on forty-two, so they're fifteen votes uh, off the pace but yeah I reckon that one's going to come right down to the wire mate it wouldn't surprise me if, if a Cam Horseman or one of those other boys even pushes up or even somebody outside that top five there pushes up to uh, really push uh, Cam Thompson who's had a fantastic season from the Magpies he has and I've got to say with Max Baddick you know he came back from that uh, had that face injury um, apparently uh, he copped a, a bit of a knock there I remember um, uh Nathan Hart was telling us about it. Oh no, that was that was Jack Parfit. Oh, Jack Parfit. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he's yeah. pulling quite quite nicely as well. So he's done. He's come back well. Yep, yep. But uh, yeah, just uh, Max, his season uh, since coming back uh, to the club, he, he's just rocketing up this uh, this leaderboard, and um, yeah, just a really great get. And uh, we're we seeing the votes uh, streaming now on what has been a great season so far. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, he's a wily old veteran now. He's probably about my age, I think, or maybe a couple of years younger, but he's, a, he's a, been a terrific player for a long time in independent footy. So great to see him back where it all started. Well, let's get into the MTESA Young Talent Award, where each week we nominate a player turning 23 in 2022 or younger for the MTESA. ESA Young Talent Award, which our six RFL A-grade coaches will vote on the winner. Uh, now, the winner will receive a $400 cash prize, all thanks to MTESA, your local apprentice and trainee specialist. So, you gave me uh, a bit of a heads up that it might be a uh, bit of a uh, bit of a character, this nomination. Uh, he's a character and obviously a very, very good footballer. Uh, and there's been a lot of calls for this bloke to get it, and he's finally got the nod. But it's Tommy Finlay from the Berry Footy Club. So, 
Well, Tommy might look like he's in his mid-30s. We assure you he is under the required age of 23. Um, and obviously, since coming into that Demons lineup, he's he's been a mainstay in Barry's defensive setup, as you mentioned earlier, mate. And he's a former North Adelaide junior, but he's impressed uh, this this year with his reading of the play and his willingness to play on from that half-back back line. Um, and has obviously been thrown into the ruck while uh, Brody Thompson's been out too and, and done a good job. But most importantly, he's leading the uh, bum tap uh, stat down at Berry, so he's uh, having a fantastic year. He's won a kick on zone, and uh, it's great to see him get that nomination in round fourteen from the MTESA Young Talent Award. And I think he's just always leading the bum taps down there at Berry for some reason. You know, it's uh, I'm not sure who counts these things, but it's always uh, the uh, the roaming pig who's at the top of the leaderboard every week. Oh, I think it's just a you know it's. A, it's a it's a given. You know, he's going to be at the top. He's the one who gives out the most bum taps. It's pretty clear that he likes giving them, and the boys down there like taking them. <laughs> <laughs> now, I think it's important that uh, yeah, we're going to have to edit that one pretty tight. I think that just so I can't get taken out in context there, Dillo. <laughs> Well, Dillo, uh, so that's our wrap of the awards uh, off of round 14. So uh, we still got a massive show coming up. Uh, we're going to get into our, the first of our player spotlights coming up. So stick with us, Demons fans, because it's the big man himself, Matty Hodge, joining us next here on the Kick-Ons Podcast. Thanks to MB Rollerdoors. Hey, Dillo, how can I get the best produce into the Riverland? Well, Lines, it's got to be CPM Riverland Refrigerated. They proudly deliver some of South Australia's most iconic brands into the Riverland. And with a convenient depot next door to the Puraka produce markets, they're able to deliver your frozen, refrigerated or dry goods into the Riverland on the same day. Wow, Dillo, that's silver service delivery. Like hitting a full forward on the chest, lace out. Yeah, I've, I've seen you kick a footy, Linesy. <laughs> you might be right, Dillo. So it's got to be CPM Riverland Refrigerated then. That's right, mate. Call Joel today on 0419 808 437 for your next delivery. Kick-Ons Podcast with Lionsy and Dillo. For MB Roller Doors, installation, servicing and repairs. So back here on the Kick-Ons Podcast, it's time to jump into our Player Spotlight. Now, we love our Player Spotlights, brought to you by CPM Riverland Refrigerator, because it's when we get to the talk to the people who make the game of Riverland football, and that is the players. This week, we're going to be talking to a fella who... He epitomises what everybody's looking for in any level of football these days, a big body mid. And this guy has made his presence felt with the Demons. He's played 14 games of Riverland football. This is his first season with the Demons, and he's been in the best players 11 times. I'm talking to Matty Hodge, and he's joining us on the Kick-Ons podcast for the first time. Hey, guys. How are you? Doing well, Matty. Glad to have you on board, mate. And uh, we're getting to that point of the season now uh, with finals just around the corner. I'd imagine it's a pretty exciting time to be at uh, RFL headquarters. And uh, what's the atmosphere like uh, at training at the moment? Um, it's not too bad. I, um, I don't sort of half like get up to get up to Berry um, during the week with my work. So I sort of keep close contact with, um, with Ridgie and the boys to see what's going on. I do my sort of my own stuff down here but the feel around the club is um is definitely good it's exciting um we had a 
I suppose a bit of a lapse on the weekend where, you know, we didn't play our best footy, but coming into that pointy end of the season, we're, we're definitely looking forward to sort of getting it done, hopefully. Now, Hodge, you're obviously a very accomplished footballer, and I'm going to list his accolades here, Lance. You can strap yourself in because it's going to take us okay, a little mate. while here. <laughs> multiple state junior player, went on to play for the AIS Academy and made the Australian team. Multiple SA country player, including All-Australian selection twice. He's a male medalist down in the River Murray Footy League. He's won three A-grade flags, four club best and fairest. He's been captain. He's done just about everything. Is there anything else you'd like to accomplish before you hang up the boots, Hodgie? Because that's a that's a fair old list. There's probably not much you got to check off anymore, is there? Um, oh, I think I think everyone would like that fairy tale ending, and um, I mean another flag would be would be perfect. I think with the group that we've got down at um, down at Berry, we're definitely capable of doing it. Um, it's just getting a few things locked away and a few things sorted um, and you know what happened anyone can win on the day I suppose so yeah I think just that fairy tale ending would probably top it up top it off real nice for me anyway now mate yeah like Dillo just said it's a very impressive CV and uh, from your time in the River Murray Football League and then coming into Riverland football this year, um, I'd imagine it'd be pretty similar in some ways. But are, are there some differences that you've experienced, and um, you know how have you adapted? Uh, yeah, I think you're right. I think it's pretty similar. Um, the ovals uh, are a fairly good size, fairly decent size. So I suppose with a, a guy like myself, um, I wouldn't say I'm I'm the fittest bloke running around. Like I don't. I'm not saying I'm unfit, but I, I think just with those big ovals, it's um it's nice to be able to you can just run smartly and and you don't have to really cover you know a lot of the ground to sort of get your possession. So you can sort of manoeuvre around. That's what I try try and play smart smart these days. And uh, obviously, your role at, at the club as a as a quality inside min is one be- uh, very desperately needed um, over the past few years. But we've also seen you drift forward on occasion. This year, the great effect. You took that great specky down, I think it was a barmer, uh, leapt on uh, the big pig's shoulders. Um, that's something you enjoy pushing forward, kick a few sausage rolls, mate. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't mind going down forward for a little bit of a little bit of a chop out and and um, getting the other guys involved in the midfield. And um, I, uh, I didn't mind a specky back in the day, so it's still, um, it's still nice to see that I can actually get up off my feet um, every now and then. <laughs> it was impressive to watch, mate. I, I remember, uh, yeah, uh, watching the live stream, and uh, you got everyone up and about. I, I think you actually caught the uh, the commentators uh, off guard as well because uh, they, they were just gobsmacked. That was just a you know just a massive reaction from them as well. Uh, just seeing a feat like that uh, was very impressive, mate. And um, look, uh, you know. As we touched on, uh, you know, big body mids are in demand these days. Is that a role that you naturally fall into? Uh, do you think? Um, I, th- I, th- I haven't always been, but I think I've always played midfield. Um, it wasn't too probably a few years ago when I had a um, an injury on my ankle. I did my Achilles and had to sort of. Um, I suppose restructure myself and the, the the way I go about it. So I I bought I built up a fair bit over that year. I had to have off. So I guess um, after that, I sort of I suppose swapped swapped my role to maybe like a bit of a 
outside mid to yeah probably that in, more that inside mid role to put on a bit more muscle and sort of tried to you know throw my rate around a bit more like that you're listening to the player spotlight brought to you by cpm riverland refrigerated fresh frozen and dry food transport from adelaide into the riverland we're talking with matt hodge from the berry football club now maddie the Demons locked away fourth spot. Um, who you meet next depends on this weekend. So tell us, mate, locks and awakery, who would you rather play or it doesn't matter? Um, to me, it doesn't matter. I think um, they're both, I mean, they're both quality football teams. We've, you know, we've had good matchups against them. Luckily, we've, we've beaten both of them. Um, so we know as a team that we can definitely get the job done. Um, yeah, so for me, it, it doesn't really matter. Finals football is a whole a whole kettle of fish, so that's where that's where that's where it all happens. So yeah, I just want to whoever's whoever's there, whoever's standing in our way, well, we need a beat. And can you give us a bit of insight into when uh, Brody Thompson will return? I'm sure you and and the other midfielders are missing his presence, even though uh, Tommy Finlay is doing a, a pretty good job in there. Yeah, um, I'm, I think uh, hopefully I think he's back this week. I, I think he was pretty close last week, but um, given the injury, like in the past, I think he, he didn't want to really test it too much. So, um, of all reports, I think he's back this week. So that would be yeah, that'll be that'll be good to get us a, another tool. But in saying that, like you said, I think Finlay um, in the ruck has has done more than enough. He's he's definitely held his own there, so I think he's doing really well. Now, Maddie, Locks North this weekend, they have been on the improve and been pushing some sides, uh, especially against Loxton in the uh, the Proud Cup, Wakery just gone. What have the Demons got to do uh, to get the job done this weekend? Yeah, I've, I've noticed they're... Um they're definitely pushing, and they—I mean—we were probably a bit lucky last time we played them as well to come away with the win. They—they they definitely tested us and pushed us right to the final siren. So, I think they're, like you said, they're definitely improving. I think all—all all we need to do is sort of just play our game, and we know our game's good enough. And if—if if we can sort of put that together for four quarters, like we have done on the occasion this year we um i think i'm i'm pretty confident we we can get that we can get that done excellent mate now uh just before uh we got you on here we have talked to some current teammates maybe some past <laughs> teammates as well mate so uh yeah. we'll, we'll be gentle don't worry mate it, it's all good now uh, yeah. <laughs> now we hear uh, on some of your uh, state champs uh, trips that you've done mate we've he- heard you had some uh, good times uh, back in 2010 and some fine establishments were visited uh, back then uh, can you tell us a little bit about mm. uh, what went on what what happened stays on tour or can you uh, divulge here on the kick-ons podcast uh, I, I knew this would come out sometime or other um, uh, I think probably three quarters of that information is definitely classified. Um, but yeah, I think that tour, um, especially with the guys that, uh, I went with and it was, um, yeah, it was definitely a, definitely a good night that, um, that Saturday night after we, uh, I think we lost the grand final to Vic Country or Vic Metro, one of the two, but yeah, a few of the boys, um, 
and I definitely definitely sort of carried on probably longer and later than we should have. So, yeah. Oh, that's what you got to do on these trips, isn't it, mate? Make the most of them, that's for sure. What about some of the, the footy that was played as well? It's obviously a great opportunity to get out over there and, and uh, play against some of the best. Yeah, yeah. The um, the footy over there was, was real good. I think, we were, yeah, obviously in Canberra, so we're at Monaco Oval for our, our grand final. So the level of um, and the standard of footy was really high. I think, uh, don't quote me, but I think in that big, big country side or big metro side we played in the grand final, we, they had, you know, three or four ex-AFL players like Isaac Smith pretty much joined um, Hawthorne like not that long after that was played as well. So we, um, yeah, the, the level of the football there was really good and definitely, definitely made me a, a better person, better player and my skill level definitely improved on those tours for sure. And just lastly, before we let you go, mate, just another doozy from left field. Is it, is it true that you were unable to complete a 3K time trial when you were playing up in Mildura? <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that is definitely true, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to blame that on my coach at the time. <laughs> yeah, what, what happened there? <laughs> no, it was – I obviously signed at um, Mildura and then uh, Pratty, John Pratt was – uh, like one of my best mates, so we went up there, um, and what turned into a couple of beers turned into a few more beers, and and then little, little Dibby, uh, little did he tell me that um, the next day was going to be thirty five degrees, and we were doing a three four k time trial around the city, and yeah, I've 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 never spewed before running, and I've come close, but that. And I spewed at the last hurdle, so um, it's not probably one of my proud moments. But yeah, I'm I'm man enough to admit I probably uh, stuffed up a little bit there. I think you did well to rock up, mate. If I hadn't ended like that the night before, I probably would have just uh, stayed in bed and just uh, watched TV all day with a couple of a uh, couple of cold waters next to me, mate. So you've done well. Oh, I would have been running the other way, or yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Oh, believe me, I wanted to once I uh, heard that what we were doing. Yeah, well, Pratty stitched you up there as well, mate, so you can yeah, uh, thank uh, him for that one. I knew he would. <laughs> so well, I've got, got some day on him as well, so. Oh, look out. <laughs> we'll have to start doing the Sun Razor podcast as well. Absolutely. Stitch him up. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Well, Hodgie, it's been great having you on and uh, getting to getting to meet you because you're quite a presence, mate, and uh, we're glad that we can actually put uh, – Put a, uh, a name to the face, mate. So uh, we wish you all the best uh, for finals coming up. And, uh, yeah, uh, go well. And uh, we can't wait to have you back here on the Kick-Ons podcast. Nah, awesome, guys. I appreciate your time. And I'll, uh, I'll be back whenever you need me. So that was Matty Hodge from the Berry Football Club there. And i got a sneaking suspicion we might be having him back on the show maybe after Willis Medal Night. But let's uh, move on and let's get into it, Dillo. Let's get into some high-level football banter. Now, this is the part of the Kick-Ons podcast where anything can happen. So we might get a little bit colourful with our language. We might go to some uh, uncharted areas of Riverland football as well. So if it's not quite your thing, that is totally fine. But we got plenty more coming up a little bit later on the Kick-Ons podcast. But right now, it is time for this. I think I can sum up the show for you with one word. Nothing. Nothing. Unique individuals with unique views on the game. We're going to exchange ideas, thoughts, 
and even our energy. Liam Jackson. I think this is an absolute drive-by. <laughs> Tom Jolly. But I was giving Jacko shit when I was uh, the water runner at times, so it's probably something I deserve. Hold on to your hats. It's the RFL Roundtable. Well, after a week off, they're back, they're fit and raring to go. We've got Tom Jolly and Liam Jackson back here for the RFL Roundtable. Boys, welcome back. Yeah, thanks, Lonzi. That's the first time someone's ever classified me as fit, so that's nice to hear. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was the first thing that I heard, too. <laughs> first time in a while, I'd imagine there, Jacko. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah, I, I wouldn't, wouldn't have thought it'd be too many times uh, me and Jolly would have played more than five games in a row for a couple of years now, so... <laughs> Well, that's what we were worried about. You know, you come flying out the blocks one week on, then one week off. We we're just like, oh, come on, fellas. Like, surely you'd be uh, fit and ready to rock and roll. But, uh, you know, Bit if you need a week off. Now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we had a, had a Dillo RDO. I've <laughs> got a few of them on my sleeve <laughs> Well, that's it, if the boss can do it, yeah, that's it yeah. Well, well, boys, let's uh, jump into it um, We did uh, touch on it off-air last week And, um, Jacko, uh, you mentioned you've started seeing the works going on With the uh, light towers at Renmark Oval uh, going up at the moment So uh, plenty of uh, good stuff happening So, guys, um, maybe Jollyfield will just come to you first Being the only current player sitting at the table uh, what do you think of maybe some more night footy, perhaps, in the Riverland? Uh, that's a very loose end, mate, of um, the current footy player. But, yeah, um, <laughs> I'm just, like, referring back to what I've experienced in Adelaide and um, with local footy down there. And I know Happy Valley used to do, like, a Friday night every every couple of weeks. And just the crowd that it drew, there's not much else really going on. I know you've got the netball, but the netball kind of draws a different crowd in itself. And um, if you could almost pair the netball up with the football in the same kind of town, then you're on a winner, I reckon, from, you know, you do it a, once a month or when the earlier on in the earlier on in the footy season as well when it's a little bit warmer would be perfect. I reckon there's an opportunity there as well. Maybe if you do do a Friday night game, have you the next game on the Saturday. So you might have, say, Renmark Berry on the Friday night. You might have Locks and Locks and North on the – Saturday as per normal, but then the, the other game, Barmer Waker, could be played Saturday night as well, so it could be a late start for the 13s, and so that way, you know, you, if you really wanted to, you could you get out to three A-grade games in, in the weekend. That would be perfect, even um, as like a final setup. Like, I know this year there's been a little bit of complaining about how the final setup is, and, you know, one, one and two get a break, and then the loser of that has to play the winner of three and four the next week, so three and four probably don't deserve a break, but that's what's going to happen. Um, I can't see why you can't get both games on a Saturday, one play afternoon and the other one play at night, and that wouldn't actually be a bad bad little fixture. But uh, just fitting it in, like with other Riverland sport, you know, like Jacko, this is probably your wheelhouse, mate. Like, you know, some flexibility perhaps for cricket. Oh, yeah, absolutely, especially like with cricket being a summer sport. Like the last thing you feel like doing is standing out in the heat in 40 degrees uh, standing out there all day so if you can get it a bit later in the night when the sun's gone down and um, play it over two days possibly um, yeah that'd be that'd be unreal I reckon um, yeah the, the lights are looking pretty good pretty pretty bright so yeah they're huge as well aren't they Jacko like, oh. even just driving past them they look so tall yeah, yeah. massive <laughs> Yeah, if they like, brought back night cricket, Jacko, I reckon they could convince me to come out of retirement and bat 11 and field a final <laughs> leg all day. 
Yeah, well, who, who would you play for? Bloody Remark or go play with Jolly at Berry? Um, I don't know. You boys have to go into a bidding war, I think. But you saw my, <laughs> you saw that scorecard that you popped up in our group chat early, so early last week. I was going to mention that, <laughs> Dillo. A chance of for you to atone for your uh, double ducks there, mate. What's going on there? You kept that one quiet. Yeah. <laughs> it was a long time ago, and it didn't change throughout the rest of my career either. Double ducks, pair in a grand final. Yeah. What dreams are made of. <laughs> no, no wickets either in both innings. <laughs> it was a pretty shit weekend, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, here we are on the uh, well. We'll have to call this the knock-on uh, podcast now that we've uh, we're talking about cricket. The follow-ons, yeah, that's it. Well, guys, um, look, uh, so Dillo, uh, you tagged us in some interesting content on uh, Facebook uh, just the other week, and uh, the Aston Villas fine sc- schedule was leaked by the Mirror in London. Some typical tabloid journalism out of uh, Fleet Street there, looking for a headline. I've heard from Josh Vader that it's uh, it's a $50 fine for a media appearance with no club kit. Now, that pales to some of these numbers that are getting around, boys. 500, 500 quid just for being late to training. Yeah. I wouldn't have any money. Yeah. It's just another <laughs> well, You're world. not wearing your club kit right now either, Jelly, so that's, um, that's nah. a fine. Uh, $200 a minute for every, every minute you're laid out onto the training pitch. Shit. That's... um. Yeah, that's 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 expensive. I mean, but those I mean, those boys are in a good wicket, but far out, that's that's crazy. These two lizards here, I reckon, will be getting all the fines. Oh, without a doubt. No, I've uh, definitely paid some big fines money in the past. This year, though, we've been pretty average with that. So I need to speak to Evan Penaluna because that bloke did a good job last year, and he's let it go by the wayside this year. He reckons that he's got too much on his plate, which <laughs> it's a probably yeah, probably fair enough. He's got a, he's got a little one on the way. Uh, he's now taking the role as the captain, which I know firsthand you don't have to do much there. And uh, secondly, he's put his hand up for the committee. So yeah, he's doing a little bit, but he can definitely do more. It's, it's all about raising the, uh, you know, the funds for the end of season trip. You know, you've got to, you want a war chest from what I hear you guys can put away. Yeah, no, well, <laughs> yeah, we, we went to Hogswatch Ben last year and that was, oh, yeah, I'd, I think we had 50-something cartons with us and I reckon... There wasn't many that made its journey back home, so um, yeah, it was a very, very fun trip. But proceeds and all that go to a really good um, uh, little place that was in Hogwash Bend, and it was good fun. Like so, local business, yeah, a lot of local <laughs> businesses. So it was good. Sip and Save looked after us, which was nice of them. Barry and uh, Barry Hotel, so very thankful to them. You would have been you would organise a few trips and done a few finds like this. I imagine in the past, Jacko. Remarks had some rippers over the years. Yeah, yeah. I was in charge in uh, 2019 um, when I was out with a with a broken foot, so I didn't have a lot. Didn't have a lot to do, so just yeah, annoyed everyone asking for cash basically. Who was the Who was the stingiest and the tightest bloke that wouldn't pay their fines? Oh, oh the, <laughs> no, he wasn't. He wasn't so bad. Uh, he just He just didn't want to drink the beers. Um, <laughs> Um, Harry Beavis, pretty tight. Um, a few of the younger boys, a few of the apprentices, they uh, they would they dodged it pretty, dodged the coin pretty well. Well, they're scraping for every dollar, aren't they? No excuse, oh, absolutely. Bevo, though. Yeah, yeah. 
I think Peter Saf said that he's been on every single one since he's been here, so that's pretty impressive. It's a lot of money because those trips don't they're not cheap. Even though you get a lot paid for it, you do a lot of fundraising with fines and everything, they can they can get out of control pretty quickly too. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Now there's some pretty hefty stuff on here, like late for meeting, walk or coach on match day is a one thousand pound fine. I'd, I'd be up for a grand every week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, what's, what's the uh, currency ratio at the moment? What's what's a pound in Australian? Is that like double double it? Is that like four hundred dollars? Is that usually, what it is? The I think of, so. Yeah. The rule of thumb is usually about yeah uh, one and a half to two times uh, the Australian oh. dollar. So, Jacko, I think you might be up for some for keeping us waiting here on the Zoom call tonight, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I just take it out of a match fees, mate. Twenty yeah, sure. <laughs> percent uh, of zero is zero. Yeah, <laughs> but the one that I like down at the bottom: if you're sent off, you have to take the team out for a meal within four weeks of the red card. Now we got red cards here in the <laughs> RFL, boys. So look, I think there could be some. I actually schnitzels. like that one. Yeah, that's a good one. Like, pull, pull some of the meatheads in. Yeah, we've got. We, we had one last year for the yellows, so I think it was like. Uh, $25 for a yellow and then what our rule was last year was after two weeks if it wasn't paid any fines that is it was doubled so any fines after two weeks if it wasn't paid it was doubled and I reckon Gus Gus Damon uh, the poor fellow was up for a lot of money at one stage with these <laughs> couple of yellow cards and the non-payments so um, yeah the, the poor fellow was up for a few I think maybe 100 bucks 200 bucks I, I like the there's one there, no flip-flops in the shower. I reckon you could do one in the Riverland. It'd be more like if you wear jocks in the shower, then you, you're the fine. Or if you don't shower at all, because I reckon half the blokes these days don't, don't even have a wash after uh, the game, which is disgraceful. Don't worry about the fine, just drop them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like drop them in the shower or yeah. drop their back in the shower? No, just drop them from the team. Go play the zone <laughs> Oh, that's good too. So you got to you got to do that as, as a young fella. Just get in there, get it done. Once you've done it once, you you do it every time. There's no issue with it. Don't be afraid. That's it. This is exactly why we put out a content warning for the RFL roundtable because <laughs> it can it can go anywhere. Well, now, boys, especially now, all the bloody cubicles, all the showers got cubicles. Not like the old days where you just stand around and have a beer and have a chat and a laugh to each other. You can't do that anymore. Anyway, I've gone off on the tangent. <laughs> it sounded like you enjoyed that a bit too much, Dillo. <laughs> oh, I love a good shower beer. <laughs> All right, boys. Uh, now, you've had the week off and a bit of time to think about it. Uh, so, guys, we better get into it. And we've got the uh, the nomination for the Jolly Jackson Medal for RFL Battler of the Week. Now, interestingly, you know, we like to do this as a bit of a, um, you know, it's a bit of an acknowledgement of the guys that work hard out there. And uh, I think it was given credence just the other week with David Mundy going out uh, of 300-plus AFL games saying his quote was, I want to be remembered as a battler. So I think that's a badge of honour for anyone who gets a nomination for this award, fellas. Yeah, absolutely, Lindsay. Um Yeah, I think Jacko and I are probably the last people that can crucify people playing football. So, um, yeah, we don't mean it to be a knock on anyone. And... Uh, I'll put my nomination first, Jacko, if that's all right. I'll, um, uh, we saw him firsthand play really, really well on the weekend. and um, This is probably the time of the year that you want to actually start timing and playing good footy and, and 
individually and as a team, but for his individual efforts on the weekend against us, he was unbelievable. And that's Jared Rowe. Um, he just added an element of uh, pace and smarts and um, a little bit of forward forward understanding. And he was able to bob up and kick a couple and, um, yeah, played really, really well. So he's my nomination for this week. Yeah, he's a ripper. He's uh, yeah, been a hard worker for a, for a long time, especially sort of coming off a knee. Um, yeah. Yeah, like he, he's another one that he ended up playing um, playing B grade last year after doing a hammy. Um, and, yeah, he would have played for almost every other A grade club in the, in the comp, really. So that's yeah, a good one, mate. Um, I've, I've gone with a bloke from Loxton, um, played nine, nine-ish games last, last year. Um, but this year he's sort of taken it to a new level. I reckon he's played every game. He's nearly kicked just under 20 goals and it's, uh, Talon Eagle, um, bog on the weekend. I, I think I saw as well. Um, yeah, early, well, early in a couple of podcasts, I sort of wondered where they might kick a few goals and he's popped up most weeks and kicking one or two. So, um, yeah, I'm big fan of blokes that kick goals. So, <laughs> What I like about Talon is his name works both ways as well. It could be an Eagles Talon or Talon Eagle. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I see his name, that pops in my head. That's the stupid shit that goes through my head. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's a pretty badass name. <laughs> it's pretty f- cool. It is, I mean, pretty a, cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. The wheels are off here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, let's try to steer this ship home, boys. And, uh, well, thanks again for joining us on the RFL Roundtable. We love it because we started off somewhere and we've ended up somewhere completely else. So that's the way we love it here. So, uh, boys, uh, thank you, and we'll catch you again next week. Cheers, guys. Right. Thanks for having us. Yep. Cheers, boys. Well, Dillo, let's motor along to the uh, our next player spotlight. Uh, we just heard from Matty Hodge now. So let's get across and uh, let's talk some independent football. And we're finally, mate, we're going to get someone on here from inside the machine that is the Blanchetown Swan Reach Football Club because they are just steamrolling ahead this season. And uh, we've got Jake Medhurst on. Uh, so we're going to welcome Jake to the Kick-Ons podcast. And uh, Jake, great to have you on. Cheers, boys. Thanks for having me. Great stuff, mate. Now, the Redbacks are travelling uh, very nicely at the moment, which is probably an understatement, <laughs> I think. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, mate, um, yeah, you had a bit of a scare on Saturday. Tell us what those final moments against uh, Browns well were like and uh, who was uh, the match winner in the end? Yeah, definitely a bit of a scare, mate. I mean, we were down by three goals at three-quarter time and sort of the weather played a bit effect, a bit of an effect on, on the game and um, – Probably the fella that got us over the line was uh, young Dalton. We um, went into the game without a ruck and obviously coming up against um, the big fella from Brownswell, um, Brian Hample. Um, yeah, he definitely had a task on his hands and he uh, kicked a few goals in the last quarter and sort of got us over the line. So, um, yeah, he was definitely the match winner, young Dalton. So. And it must be nice, a nice feeling, though, knowing you can be challenged like that and, and still be able to find a, a way to win and you know, we've spoken about it on the podcast before about you know, there's always talk with, in an undefeated season like you guys are having at the moment whether you need to lose, but you can have games like you had on the weekend, can't you? And and still get something out of it like that that prepares you for finals. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I sort of had that in the back of my head. Like you know, you had a few people that say, oh, you know, it's, it would be good to lose one, you know, around now. But I think that 
is the sort of game we needed leading into a finals campaign. Sort of a lot of boys showed a bit of character. Um, we're down by three goals and managed to show, yeah, like I said, a bit of character and come back and managed to steal the win. So, um, yeah, definitely not bad having one of those games, a couple of games out from the finals. So. And just on your season, mate, um, you're leading the league goal-kicking by nine at the moment from Sedan's Jack Grace. Mate, how many do you need to uh, slot to hold him off? Uh, not too sure. I, I talked to Jack Grace a fair bit, actually, because um, I look after him um, at my at my work. But I don't know. Hopefully, it sort of rains and the big fella has a bit of a wet condition and uh, yeah, I don't have to really put too many on the board this weekend. But... Um, nah, we'll, we'll see what happens this weekend, mate. As long as the boys get the win, that's what matters. So, that's so, going to be a bit of banter there at work, surely. With you guys, I didn't know that you guys working together, and yeah, yeah. obviously both at the, at the uh, top of the leaderboard there. Absolutely, yeah. There's always a Monday phone call there, so um, yeah, he's he's still pricing will go up if he gets ahead of me. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Now you played some uh, juniors at BSR about about ten years ago, around about the time they they last won the flag. Um, are you from the, the BSR Blanchetown Swan Reach area originally? Uh, no, I've always, always been an Adelaide boy. So um, years ago, my cousin Dale Payne played for BSR oh, yeah. and um, sort of, yeah, I was playing footy in Adelaide and our season finished and we have a shack at Swan Reach and made, you know, good friends with Troy Cowlin and, and Jaden Coleman and sort of played in the under-17s with um, Jaden. So I went up there and helped them out for a couple of years. So that was good. Any chance of bringing uh, Dale back to the uh, independent or the, the new competition next year? Proposed new competition because he was an absolute jet. <laughs> yeah, there's been a couple of cheeky uh, conversations that's definitely happened. So uh, we've we've never actually played footy together, so it'd be good to sort of have a year or two um, together. So you never know, mate. We'll wait and see. And uh, you were named co-captain alongside uh, Troy Cowlin this year. I'd imagine it'd be a bit of an honour and. Uh, it's clearly helped you take your footy to another level this year. Yeah, it's good. Me and, me and Troy get along really well and we sort of bounce ideas off each other and, um, yeah, to sort of take on that role with, with a bloke like Troy, it's been really good and um, definitely, yeah, unreal to um, share that duty with Troy, with Troy Cowell and so. Now, mate, uh, this week uh, you have got uh, Wanka. Sometimes a bit of an unknown quantity this year. They've been a little bit hot and cold and all that, but going in uh, to finals, uh, what do you need to do to keep to keep them from springing any surprises on you? I think we just need to keep it basic and just keep playing the footy that we've been playing and um, just keep going, you know, what? keep moving the footy, you know, fast, keep, you know, our midfielders run back and help our back line and just pretty much keep it basic and we don't really need to change too much on what we're doing. It's worked so far um, so good. So, yeah, we just need to keep playing our, our brand of footy and I think it will hold us in good stead, mate. That's for sure. And going into the finals, undefeated all season so far, but uh, do you feel like uh, – are you just running your own type of game or is, do you kind of feel like you might be the hunted? Yeah, you definitely sort of feel that pressure. Um, definitely coming finals and – you know, being an undefeated side, you definitely, we are the hunted and, um, you know, every team comes into it knowing that it's going to be a great challenge to come up against us. But like I said, we've just got to keep playing our brand of footy and it'll definitely hold us um, in good stead in finals. But just got to keep focusing on, on what we can do and just keep playing our brand of footy and um, I think the rest will take care of itself. 
And we better finish off, mate, with a bit of a chat about the Brisbane Lions, <laughs> our, our beloved Brisbane Lions. We've, we've had a few texts to each other over the past couple of weeks about uh, yeah. how, how they're travelling. How did you start going for the Lions, mate? Because there's not too many of us in SA. Nah, probably just growing up having a man crush on blokes like Jonathan Brown. I mean, <laughs> he uh, he was my idol growing up and, um, yeah, that's pretty much what started me going for the Lions, mate. Yeah, well, Paul Roos for me back in the uh, 90s, you showed my yeah. age a little bit there, but uh, back when <laughs> they were Fitzroy. So, now it's good to have another Lions supporter out there, Lionsy. There's not many of us. Yeah, and, uh, well, uh, to, for you two blokes then, uh, the, do we uh, do we believe in Fagan or uh, is there anything in this uh, Clarko to Brisbane uh, rumour <laughs> mill we hear that you guys uh, might be liking at all? Yeah, no, I don't think that's going to happen. What do you reckon, Jake? I think it's Fags or, Fags or Bust. Yeah, I, I mean, you'd love to have Clark on board, but yeah, we'll wait and see, mate. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can just about ask uh, anyone in any capital city and they'll tell you that Clarko's bought property there recently. So I don't think there's uh, there's much we can believe about his future at the moment. And uh, well, Jake's been great to have you on the Kick-Ons podcast. And uh, look, mate, we, we it's uh, still a big month of football coming up for the Redbacks and uh, we wish you all the best. And uh, yeah, go well. Appreciate it, boys. Thanks for having me. So that was Jake Medhurst from BSR joining us there. And uh, they got, yeah, just like we touched on their deal, they got a massive month of football ahead of them. They do. They do. And, you know, they're obviously locked into that second semifinal. Um, you know, they're at least making a prelim. You'd think that it's hard to – you don't you don't play all year and lose mat, uh, lose zero matches and then all of a sudden lose uh, one or two in a row. So he's obviously had a bit of a joke about going out in straight sets with the Lions. Uh, I'm not sure if that was on air or off air, but um, that's that's not going to happen to them. They are a quality side. They've got stars all over the field, and Jake's one of them. And uh, yeah, he came into the into the team last year and, and did some good things, but had a lot more continuity this year and played a lot more games, and, and he's an absolute jet for the uh, Redbacks. Well, let's uh, get into this massive week of football ahead of us to close out the minor round, and uh, let's get into our round preview for round 15 of Riverland football, and uh, well, we just couldn't wait to get our teeth into it at the top of the show so we can finally indulge Wakery versus Loxton. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty well come down to this. Uh, I think just looking at the ladder, Loxton ahead on on points at the moment. Uh, if Wakery wins, Loxton's percentage would drop enough. Yeah, Wakery's percentage is ahead of them, so Wakery will definitely go ahead on the ladder uh, if they win this game. Loxton obviously will hold their spot. Yeah, they've had some good contests this year. I, I just always I always think back to that round five game, the Russell Ebert tribute game. Um, which Wakery lost, but they, they were missing a few that day. And Loxton were too. You know, Luke Harder didn't play and a couple others, but it was just a really fierce contest. And, and the Tigers got away, but, gee, it was a cracker. And if if that game's anything to go by, then uh, this, this round is going to be a, a cracker as well. And it's just going to be up to, you know, does Dylan Millard come back in this week? And you know, can they hold sway on some of those Wakery forwards? Like you mentioned earlier, like if Matty Spensley and Dusty Gordon get up and going, um, can they stop those guys? And, you know, if we just look at the history of this one, uh, you know, Wakery haven't lost at home since round two this season. But adding another layer to that, Loxton has not won at Wakery since 2015. 
So wow, it, you've done a bit of homework there, mate. They, so it's a massive hoodoo hanging over the Tigers to get this one done. So they've got, you know, they've got, yeah, you know, I'm sure that won't be at the at the forefront of their mind going into it, but. You know, it's just something else that they've got to wade through um, to in getting this result. And, uh, you know, it, it would just spell how significant it would be if Loxton can get this one done this weekend in such uh, gr- great circumstances for their season, but also just to get that monkey off their back. Oh, definitely. And I guess we look at we, – we're always comparing them to last year when they dropped away and, and where they are this year. They've definitely grown as a team, and I think the challenges like this now, you know, they're, they're prepared for. Um, and let's be honest, they've got finals next week, the week after that, so they've, they've got to be prepared for this one. And, you know, if, if, they, if they do lose this one badly, then obviously that's going to affect their confidence. But if they only go down by a couple of goals and don't get the win, I don't think it's the be-all and end-all for the Tigers. I think they could still come through the first semi and make the grand final. But obviously, you know, they, they want to get, get the easy way, play against Redmark in the second semi. They're, they're one of the few teams that's actually matched it with the Rovers this year. Yeah, that's it. And like you said, there, there is a, a consolation uh, for a first semi-berth, but yeah, you'd want to be optimising your uh, your position, and I'm sure that Loxham would have learnt from that last year, uh, having double chance that it got wasted, so this time they would realise how precious it is to have that opportunity. Yeah, definitely, and you're spot on there. They, they certainly did waste it last year, but that was a probably a, a side coming together for the first time. There were a lot of young guys in there then as well that weren't. Um, you know, that, this is a club that hasn't won a lot of games for a lot of years, not just their seniors, but their juniors as well. Um, so that I, I hate the saying, but you do have to learn how to win in, in some stage, some way. You have to relearn how to win. Um, and they're going to, they've done that since then and, uh, put themselves in a good spot. That's, that's for sure going forward. I think, yeah, whatever happens this weekend, we're in for a cracking final series, Lindsay. Yeah. And just to put a little bit more added mayo on the, um, on that, uh, yeah, that uh, winning drought down there at uh, the Magpies' nest. Yeah, it was round three, 2015, was the last time the Tigers won down there. So That's a long time. That's a long so- time, a long time. But oh, there's a, an opportunity ahead of them to uh, to change all that this weekend. So we can't wait for this one. And uh, I'm sure that all eyes will be looking at the uh, RFL live stream uh, this weekend on that game for sure. Most definitely, mate. Let's get across uh, to Panther Park, where Loxton North will be taking on Berry. One last chance for the Panthers to perhaps go out on a winning note in what has been a, uh, you know, a, a disappointing, but also at the same time a a season of progress as well. Yeah, I think they'll back themselves in. You know, we. We've mentioned it earlier. They've had a couple of two of the last three weeks have been really competitive. They they should have beaten Loxon and um, you know had a real red hot crack against Wakery last time against Berry. They went down by two points, and I know Berry were probably you know, undone or undermanned that day. But you know you can only play what's put out there in front of you. So three of their last five games have been have been really solid, and they've just turned their season around a fair bit in, in that respect. Um, can they? Can they beat Berry this time? It's, it's at home. Last last game was at Berry, so that's another little tick in the box for the Panthers. 
Um, Barry's still got a couple of those blokes that are a bit suspect with injuries. There might be a few blokes having a, having a spell this week as they Barry knows are in, in that first semi-final, so they don't need to worry about wins or losses. They're just going to make sure that they're fully fit for that that first final. So, yeah, they're, they're every chance, the Panthers. They certainly are. But like as we talked with uh, Manny Hodge before, you know, uh, they – they won't take this one lightly, and uh, they'll they'll be priming themselves for the following week. And like Maddie said, doesn't matter who they're going to play; they're going to be ready. So they're not going to uh, let this. Uh, if Locks the North want it, they're going to have to. Uh, you know, it's going to have to be an all-in effort uh, if they're going to knock off the D's. I think. Yeah, and it's good to see Barry getting some game time into a few different juniors over the past few weeks as well. You know, we've seen uh, uh, throughout the year, you know, there's guys like uh, Tarquin Newton's played some footy. You know, we've seen Paddy Minchella come up and kick goals. We've seen Jared Jackson playing some good footy as well. A lot of these under-18s kids as well that have come up um, and been given a chance. And um, I reckon there'll be a couple more that will get a, get a gig this week as well and um, to see what happens, I guess. And it's up to them now whether they – take their chance and, and um, you know, if they come in and play a good game, who knows, they could be playing in, in a final the week after too. Yeah, that's it. Yep. Yeah, you can just make your own luck at this time of the season and, you know, you just never know who could step up and be that. Um, uh, um, the player I'm thinking of is uh, someone could be that Shane Ellen from the, uh, the oh, yes. in the 97 <laughs> grand final. That's the good thing about well, finals. <laughs> Or the Marlon Pickett. Or the Marlon Pickett, that's right. Yeah, we, we love a good uh, finals feel-good story. So, and to uh, close out the minor round, uh, we have Barmer Monash hosting Renmark. Uh, so, yeah, w- again, one last roll of the dice for the Ruse. And like I've been saying for the last few weeks, these guys have just got to take a scalp. You know, just uh, they've they've had the measure of locks the north every time. Now it's time to just have a crack at trying to beat someone a bit higher up the ladder, and that will just be a huge marker in improvement to finish off their season. But it's a tough one. It's a tough task because <laughs> yeah. it is a red mark. <laughs> it's not ideal, is it? You know, you sort of, like you say, you want to finish your season on a high. You, you want to take a scout, but when you come up against the top team, you're pretty well back to full strength. You know, they've been two or three, four out each, each week this year, the Rovers, and uh, I reckon there was only maybe – Jack Austin and Kel Morath from out from their best twenty one last week. Um, you know they're they're ticking along very nicely, and the poor Roos come up against them as they're tuning up for finals. But it could be a similar thing. You know, Remark know that they're top two. Do they take the the foot off the pedal a little, little bit? And you know, do they make sure that if if there are any blokes with niggling injuries, let's just get them right. We've got one week. We we'll get them right. Um, or they'll have a second week, I guess. So they, they probably won't. They, they'll probably will go in and have a decent crack, knowing that the, they'll get that week off now. I forgot yeah. about the, uh, the the gap in in between finals there. That's right. Yeah, it certainly. Yeah, it does throw in another unknown, doesn't it? Uh, it's a different dynamic talking. now. It is. It is, isn't it? You know. So just even more intrigued what has already been a uh, a roller coaster season uh, for for everyone involved, uh, trying to get a read of where this uh, season's going to land. So let's get across to the independents and uh, Brown's well, a chance for them to cement themselves uh, if they already haven't, um, but just to really put a a full stop on uh, their finals hopes. uh, Hosting the Swans down at the well. This will be the, I think it's the first game of the doubleheader. 
It is, yep, first yes. game up. Yep, mm. yep. So massive day out at Peruna, so they can just get their day off to a really nice start, can't they? Getting the win, securing a final spot for uh, 2022, uh, coming back from where they, they have been, you know, they, they were down and out, the Bombers. We didn't know whether they were going to... Um, you know, survive uh, through COVID and everything they went through. There were tough times last year when they were, they were getting belted from pillar to post, and yet here they are on the verge of a what will be an historic finals appearance for them if they can if they can get the win. Um, can Paringa knock them off? I, I saw them last week. They were pretty well full strength with what they've got left on their on their list. There are a few guys that are out for the season. I don't know that they can. If Brownsville are up and about, I think Brownsville will win pretty comfortably. But you know, some of the game, some of the results we've seen in Independence this year, you know, we've seen some uh, upsets or near upsets. So they'll be giving themselves every chance. Yeah, and uh, like you just mentioned, it's an incredible turnaround and just uh, yeah, yeah, uh, just so impressive what they've been able to pull together. And we didn't think we'd have this conversation at the start of the season that they're looking at a finals berth and you know, even four or five rounds in. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, indeed, that's it. You know, but it just goes to show what Aaron Bullard's done since arriving at this club in a very, very short time, and uh, you know, it's it's amazing. And you just you just want to see him go as deep as they can um, uh, when it comes to finals. So, uh, and so let's get across and wrapping up the double header uh, will be BSR versus Wanka. Uh, down there at uh, the well. So, yeah, BSR, a chance to, um, you know, take that first little bit of silverware, the minor premiership, even though it is locked away, but this just uh, is a mere formality uh, at the moment. But the added uh, bragging rights of going through undefeated in the minor round as well is up for grabs. So that's still lots to play for here. I don't – I'm just trying to think. I don't recall a side – Going through a year undefeated and, win- and winning the grand final in my time in Independence, I, I don't think even the, the strong Cobby teams of the late two thousands did. So there's an opportunity there for the Redbacks to do that. Stan Canberra obviously got close a couple of years ago, uh, but I digress a bit there. The, the, the Wanka um, Wanka just have to come out and, and play the best football they possibly can because I don't think they have all year. They, they've got the talent there. They've got a really good mix of uh, midfield, forwards, backs. Um, you know, some of the their uh, young players that have played uh, some tremendous footy in 2021 probably haven't delivered in 2022. Obviously, they had a bit of a rocky start to the year. Um, but then there's been some other shining lights out there at the Bulldogs that have, have come through as well. Tyson Renshaw is having a great season for the Dogs. Uh, Jono Wood as well. Um, there's, there's quite a few at, at Wanka that are playing some really good footy. But can they beat BSR? Uh, no, I don't think so. It's it's going to be yeah. tough. I think if you're Wanka, let's just give it a crack. We're uh, if we're down by you know, seven or eight goals at halftime, it's not not the players, but the coach maybe puts the cue in the rack and says, "Let's get our best players off and give our young blokes a chance so we get through unscathed." Yeah, yeah, that's that. Yeah, it sounds like uh, yeah, uh, probably a, a tactic that might come into play there, Dillo. Um, but. Uh, either way, you'd, you'd want to see them have a, a really good crack anyway. But, uh, yeah, I've got to agree. I think um, it's it's hard to look past BSR, to be honest. Yeah. Well, it depends if if BSR get a few back. You know, obviously they were missing a couple last week. If they get a few few back, then it makes it very tough for one. But if they're short again, 
then perhaps Wanker is a chance because, you know, Wanker's beaten Brownswell this, this season and um, on a couple of occasions. So, you know, they'll back themselves to do do what they did last week. Mm, indeed. And rounding out the independents, we have uh, the Magpies hosting the Roosters. So the big battle of the feathers down at uh, <laughs> Cambrai Oval uh, this weekend. Um, look, Sedan go in as the clear favourite. And uh, look, Ramco, if... They are to miraculously pull off a pull off a win. Whether that's enough, uh, if Browns will get up uh, to do the leapfrog, it's a, it's a long bow, but you just don't know until the until it's over on Saturday afternoon, and we know exactly where we lie on results. Yeah, they sort of just need to replicate their form from. I think it was uh, they had all those players out about mid-season, whether it was COVID or injury. And then they got them back, got quite a few back, and they started to string together a couple of really good games of football. They've dropped away again since, but if they can bring some of that uh, sort of play down to Canberra Oval, then they're a chance. But um, I think they've got a pretty good record down at Canberra Oval from memory as well. It's obviously a little postage stamp down there. There's not much room to move around there and that'll suit Ramco style of play too it's hard sort of um you know contested style of football um so you never know but you think the magpies they just they just roll through the season don't they they did it last year they didn't look like they were going to be uh top two then they, they end up uh, sitting up there quite nicely and, and won that second semi and, and probably um could have done done a number on ramco in the grand final but credit to the roosters they got over the line so this is a chance for the magpies to put an end to the roosters season and say well thanks for coming uh you did a number on us last year now it's our turn on you that's right sometimes revenge is a dish best served cold so let's see what happens uh at uh, Cambrai Oval on Saturday afternoon. Uh, well, that's us, Dillo. We've had another big one uh, here on the Kick-Ons podcast to fit it all in, but we always manage to uh, because we love chatting up Riverland football, don't we? We do, mate. And we, we just had a bit of uh, Ooh, so a few tell. comments on our MTESA Young Talent Award post on Facebook on Mark's Up. And uh, Tommy Finlay, obviously our nomination for this week, and a bit of, bit of love from the uh, kick on some marks up family. So we had Kay McAuliffe said, oink, the pig Finlay. Uh, Brody Fritz <laughs> gone the other way, so they must be running low on players to pick. Um, <laughs> We're going to sure that's yeah, not the uh, case. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, and Jack Evans, uh, who we spoke to last week on the podcast, said, uh, in quotes, might look like he's in his mid-30s, which is what we wrote, and said, ouch, Thomas Finlay. And... Uh, so yeah, bit of, bit of attention there for the big pig. We we love him, and uh, we might have to get him on before the season's end. I think, mate, just to uh, have another chat because he's very good value. He, he certainly is, and uh, look, he's uh, he's earned that young talent nomination. And uh, yeah, uh, let's just see if he's caught the eye of the coaches when it comes time to vote on that uh, in the coming weeks. So we got all that to look forward. To plus a huge round as we close out the minor round of season 2022. We'll be back here next week to digest it all. Plus, we'll preview the 2022 Riverland final series here on the Kick Ons podcast. All thanks to MB Rolladors for installation, service, and repairs.